Drake and Gayla Holly are here. Together, Greg and Gayla have traveled around the world and ministered in many different churches and settings. Through one of their ministries, planted a church. Their son-in-law pastors a church in LaPorte, Texas, New Life Ministries. And through another of their ministries called Role Models of America, they continue to feed and clothe thousands of local people, as well as sending shipping container loads of aid for disaster relief to the nations. Role Models of America has grown over the years to incorporate all the different areas that Jesus taught us to minister effectively in. Their ideas have been innovative and they have been implemented and gained national notoriety. And they were one of George H.W. Bush's Daily Points of Light, number 389. Years ago, over 100,000 square feet of buildings and warehouses gathered goods from all over the nation to ship to the world. They uh, founded several businesses and networked with other ministries and relief agencies, and we are so blessed to have Bishop Greg Holly with us. Come right forward, brother. And my sister, Pastor Gayle. Good morning. We're ready to minister today, but before we do, I want Gayle to sing and uh, speak a little bit. I'm ready. I'm charged. I got work to do. This, this looks great. I haven't been here in a long time, and I apologize for that to Alan and Yvette. I'm, I'm so sorry that I haven't been a dutiful brother-in-law and, and shared my, my fellowship here. We speak weekly on the phone, sometimes several times a week, and we just are amazed at the growth here and how God is just bringing this to becoming. A, a, we were talking with, with, with Greg, one of the elders in the, in the deal, how Generations is becoming a, a network hub, a neighborhood of its own self uh, that people will come to to relax and, and hear about the Lord. So uh, Gayla comes here more than I do, and she's the real preacher. We should listen to her today. Uh, I just motivate and, 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 and move men to do things in the gospel. But uh, she's a great minister of the gospel, Moms Against Hunger, still doing about 20 million meals a year. I'm really always impressed uh, with what she does in her, in her off time and, and being my wife. I mean, who can, who can run around with their girlfriend for, for 36 years and still be happy? You know, uh, it, it works. And of course, I have mom and dad Lada here. And I'm making these statements because I want to go to work because I really feel like the Lord has sent me here today. To, to, to bring uh, some culmination to a great series that you've been studying. And uh, I had no idea uh, what the songs that Shake would do today. He is certainly in perfect tune today, probably as always. So his, your, heart, your hearts are ready to culminate, and let's do something, and let's knock it out of the park today. What do you say? Let's just knock it right on out. I know it's clutch time in many of your, your lives. And it's a time when you're sitting there. I think some of the most antagonistic moments we've had in the, in the Reliant Hall is sitting there while the Astros have one chance to do it, you know. And maybe we could even walk off with the victory, you know. Imagine that, Astros walking off with a victory. But, but uh, uh, well, you've been through the Rangers' troubles. But, but uh, you know, we just, not anymore. I understand. I, did I not say been through? Well, tell he's not religious. We know those, those key code phrases. We've been through. Uh, you know, so it, it, we, we've, not, we've not been through that yet with the Astros. But uh, Carlos Lee, if we could just get him in a place at some point, some time, 
that he could, with all of his coordination and skills, quit wrestling cows for a moment and hit one. We could all have a, we could all walk out of the park happily, you know, but that's not the case in all of our lives, and many of us stand there. But I think I have some today that the Lord has shown me. Might have to do a brief science lesson to get going, but then after that, we'll just push to the finish and, uh, and, and see you walk out of here today with great things to do in your life. Gayla, sing and give the Lord glory. Praise God. It's so glad. I'm so glad to be here. Generations Church, it's always a welcome. Uh, Yvette that I look forward to in my life to get to come here to be with Pastor Allen and Yvette and all of your elders and see what God's doing. It's always such a sweet presence of the Lord when I come here. You know, I'm here when we're having hurricanes. My husband sends me here to my big brother so he can take care of me so we can get past the, the storm. And the last time I came here and went home, every one of our buildings had suffered tremendous damage. And it took us a long time to climb out, but I want to say thank you so much because you are a part of helping us reach the nations. You are such a part of Moms Against Hunger and under the umbrella of Role Models of America. And, and the things that we do, you have a hand in that. It's like you're picking up the hammer nails. You're the one giving the food. You're the one putting shoes on people's feet. And I want to tell you thank you so much. On behalf of those who you will not see until you reach eternity in heaven's gates, I tell you for them, thank you. Because you gave, they are going to be saved. Praise God. God. It's wonderful to be here with my parents today and my brother. And uh, we've had a wonderful wedding with Summer Joy and Paul. And just look forward to God's blessings in their lives as well. I want to sing a song for you. It's one of my favorites. Something about my praise. Flowers in the field burst forth with bloom, and the trees seem to whisper, He's alive. Even the trees lift their branches. Perfect harmony with the Creator of the world. And there's something about my You know? 
lifted up your hand, telling me, Mama, I love you, Jesus. I'm really I stepped out on this property some years ago when there was nothing here. And I heard Alan tell me, over there is going to be this, and over there is going to be that, and we're going to do this. And I heard his father talking. Because before there can be, there must be said. Before something can change in your life, there has to be a direction given. If direction is not given, then the mind cannot start the function of calling things into place. When God made man, he made that body to function. But I can see in my mind where Adam lay there, formed from the dust of the ground, just the framework. The whole thing was there. God knew that there would be breath in that body, and that body would promote the things that he had desired. He also knew there was just a little bit of a wild card in the play that should he begin, he could go and do things that he did not know really what the outcome would be. So therefore he would move into areas that as he moved, he would move blindly. So God set perimeters and boundaries. He did that so that Adam could be a success so that everything that he spoke of would literally be knocking it out of the park. You see, in your life, you have to have a time when all things are set up. Even you guys that shoot pool know you've got to set the table up so you can what? Come on, somebody say it. Run the table. I think that those times in our lives come far and few between when we can actually run the table or, or hit the ball so hard that it puts it out to another boundary position and no one can touch it and all things come together very quickly. And if you're like most American families, right now the deck is sort of stacked against you and you, you have a lot of things that just won't come into play and you're just hoping for that moment that that boom can come. And even your pastor this morning said that there's still hope no matter what kind of mess you've made, what kind of thing, it's still sitting there. Guys are in the laboratory every day studying for ways to get us past that next point. The programmers are working for me right now heavily trying to figure out a way to program just the Internet so we can have cheap Internet TV in such a way we've, we've never had it before. And it looks like that in the little box we'll be able to have a complete TV station. I mean, we've been working on it for years, but and a lot of, lot of manpower and money. But, but now a guy... Just said, I've left my position at Sun Microsystems, and I'm going to work on this. This is what I'm going to do. But, you know, even with all of that, he has to have that moment when he actually says, boom, it's done. The excitement might be at 2 o'clock in the morning that I get the phone call that said, we got it. We did it. We broke it through. And then the trouble starts. Because just because you just got the thing done doesn't mean that you, you, you don't have any troubles anymore. Now you have a whole new set of circumstances because you're in areas that you never dreamed. Did you know that your physical body was built to do something so fantastic that would lead you to a place where you could fulfill the will of God in your life? So let's just take a little science lesson, okay? I'm going to bore you for a few minutes. 
And uh, when he nods off, just, just uh, bump Zane and just tell him, wake up. Uh, but I'm going to give you about four and a half minutes of a, of, a, of a science lesson, all right? And then we can preach and have fun with this, with this message. I do know the time. There's two things that preachers do when they go long-winded. Number one, they don't think they're getting through, so they just keep boring. Hopefully, hopefully it'll happen. And the other is they've studied so much, they're so excited about what they have, they don't realize that nobody could be excited about it as much as they are. So I realize both those matters, so I know what time you get out, and I will be pushing at that 11.15, 11.20 run. Let's talk about oxygen for a minute. Oxygen diffuses into the blood through the alveolar and the capillary wall, and carbon dioxide diffuses out the blood. The alveoli, now all you nurses get mad at me, but all you alveoli, the alveoli has a surface area of about 70 square meters to make this gas exchange happen as fast as possible. Carbon dioxide dissolves in water. It can easily and reversibly form compounds such as carbonic acid and bicarbonate. Now, oxygen does not dissolve much in water. And to overcome this problem, God made it to work toward the oxygen in the blood is stored over in something we call the red blood cells, all right? Somebody hang in there. These contain hemoglobin, which can combine with this oxygen to form oxyhemoglobin, okay? okay? The red blood contains the oxygen in the blood. The blood then transports on the big tanker trucks like we have the oxygen right on from the lungs to the rest of the body. All through your body today, it's, it's moving it. But there is a, a, a way you can tell the difference. The oxyhemoglobin is bright red, and the hemoglobin is dark red. This is why your veins look dark, and why all the diagrams show your veins in blue and your arteries in red. Now, the exception is the pulmonary artery. Now, we're not going to get into that lesson, but it's the pulmonary artery which carries that dark red de deoxygenated. So everybody just help me and say deoxygenated. Deoxygenated. It carries the deoxygenated blood. That's where nothing's happening. Just turn to your neighbor and say, nothing's happening. All set up, but nothing's happening. All there, but nothing's happening. Everything's in the warehouse. I remember during Haiti, uh, Haiti would start come down so fast on us, nobody knew what had happened. And, and I heard from Benit June, who has uh, had over 600 children in the, in the school there, and he said, Bishop, you won't believe what happened. He said, I was in prayer, and the Lord told me that morning to dismiss school and go on a field trip. He said, I overrode all the teaching, all the instruction, and I said, we're going on a field trip. They left the property, and just hours later, the 600 uh, children that would have been in that building were, had escaped it falling flat on its face, completely down, because that man had deoxygenated stuff in him, and he went before God, and God put some oxygen in him, and he breathed out a word and said, we're going on a field trip. Back here in, 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 in Granbury was a man sitting, and I won't embarrass him, sitting on a place that, that, that he had a group of people that had said, we want to be a part of things that happen in disaster. Do you know that today, right now, they are back in their building, four stories, with their 600 children there because some of us got together and we spoke. <laughs> and we said to each other, we're going to do and all the deoxygenated blood in our bodies became 
oxygenated and we breathe life into something. And trucks roll, six containers roll from this church to Haiti because you were ready. I had the stuff. I had the framework. I had the warehouses full. But I had no money. I needed to. It took somebody going into their company and saying, I want to help. Anybody want to help with me? I don't purport to tell you what could happen in your life. But by mere function of the Word of God and the framework of your body, you have what it takes to walk out of here and turn it all around in the next 24 hours. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a great run. Now breathe deeply. Come on, let's do it again. Okay, I've allotted 20 seconds to this. Let's go. I'm very driven because I want to bring you to that place and just push you off the cliff this morning. I just want to cause you to fly in places you've never flown. I just want to see some of your wings go like this tomorrow and lift, lift, and then get a big pull and go to a place that you thought was not ever possible beyond the boundaries with the guidance of your Lord. When you breathed out a while ago, there was a composition of that exhaled air. It's very different from the composition of the inhaled air. And all of you physiologists in the room, you know that the inhaled air is the same composition normally, but it, it contains 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, 1% inert gas such as argon. Yeah, you're gaseous. Uh, 0.04 carbon dioxide, and it has very little water vapor. But exhaled air... It, it, it has less of you. Come on, somebody say, less of me. It has less oxygen. Uh-huh. And it has more carbon dioxide. It is also saturated in that, in that laboratory called you. You. That laboratory that's working, getting ready for something fantastic to happen in your life. It's, it's, it's moving, and all of a sudden, it, you have 78%. Uh, uh, you have, you, you, well, let me go back a minute. Because when it's inhaled, exhaled, the special adaptation of this thing begins to happen. And, and, and you have thin walls, huge surface area. You're covered in capillaries to provide blood. And you have a wet lining that dissolves gases. Now, most churches have thick walls. You can't get in. They have small minds. There's no room to maneuver. Nobody can say, let's take all the chairs out and let's invite the community to come in and be with us. Let's, because everybody's, but your body was designed not to just clank around as an individual, it was designed to function 
I want to show you something. Now, now uh, 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 you, on the screen, I want you to bring up Ezekiel 37, and we're going to go to the ninth verse. Now, if you'll go frame by frame, guys, let's go Scripture by Scripture, okay? Because really, I heard the lady sing today, and I felt the Holy Spirit move today when it said, I want my steps to be ordered. I want my... You ready? So let's, let's put a little word test to it. Are you ready? Let's go. Ezekiel 37 and 9. Are we here? Set up the deal. Ezekiel's in a boneyard. Graveyard, guys. And all that's in front of him is dead, bleached bones where the dirt had been blown aside by the years and uncovered the, the earth and all the dead bodies are laying there. They're just bones. And Ezekiel is told by God, go talk to them and speak a future back into them. If you'll do this, you'll have a great result. So I stand up here and I look at your boneyard, of which my eyes of prophetic utterance can see, and I say to you, it's time to go look at some of the troubling things in your life Again, and say to those things, you will not always be like this. You will not always rule me like this. You are temporary, and you will use the greatest words in the Bible, and I want you to help me. This too shall pass. Would you tell four or five people, this too shall pass. Come on, come on. This too shall pass. Now, here's what his instructions were. You ready? Let's read together. And he said to me, not repeat after me, guys. Remember, you all got me on a time crunch. He said, prophesy to the breath. I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's, let's practice a little bit. Go back at the verse 7. We get them in the groove by seven, and when I get them to nine, sit, sit, be ready to go. Okay. You have any more of that coffee in the back? We need to anoint some with coffee. All right, here we go. All right, so he said, let's read. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly came a rattling, and bones said together, bone to bone. Next. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Hold up, guys. Hold up, guys. There was nothing working. How many of you feel like you've got some things in your life right now that nothing's working? I can tell you, you're better because in this world, if you're not thinking forward, you're going backwards. So you always need to have frameworks out in front of you that are not yet completed. So right now, how many of you have things out there that have not come to pass that you are ready and you're ready to look at it. Come on, come on with me. It's painful. I know it hurts, but come on. Let's look at it. Maybe it's a doctor's report, or maybe it's a future that you haven't figured out. Now, he's got a problem, and he goes back to God, and he says, what do I do? It's just not working. What do I say? Now, if you think we preachers have all the answers, we're probably the most ignorant of all because we get myopic to where we only see one thing, and that's church work. We have to go back and say, God, expand me into a world that I thought was dead. 
the things you told me when I was young. Wake me up again. So this time, God speaks to him, and he says these words. Verse 9, prophesy to the breath. Come on. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Come How did he say, yea, I say unto thee? Yea, I say unto thee, Brother Jeff. Yea, I say unto thee. No, he didn't say nothing about that. He's talking to the framework. He's talking to the ability of the body to perform. He says what you don't need is another bunch of instructions to you. You need to prophesy to the breath. Come on, breathe out. What is your breath producing? What is your tongue saying? What did it say this morning? What will it say before you go to bed tonight? What will you speak into the earth that was not spoken yesterday? Would you help me right now and turn to the neighbor and say, I believe in you. I was showing some friends, one of, my, one of my friends speaking on television yesterday, and when he came on, here's what he said. He said, it is time for you to turn your criticism into intercession. I said, whoa, glory to God. Hear me, Lord. Let me let my mouth not be in the middle of saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. Let me say, speak to the breath. Come, old north wind. Come, old south wind. Blow and move this thing forward. I am unable, but you, God, are able to do everything. Somebody clap your hands and give God glory. Oh, my, my. Look, read verse 10. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't run over that so fast. Sing, just jump up. and I know you yell so loud when you sing. Can you yell when you're excited? Just, could you just use the word breath here about five times? I'm not going to put up with that out of you, Zane. <laughs> Yesterday, you sang so loud, I thought, my God. What? Come on, somebody get a hold of it. Somewhere down inside of you is some breath. And instead of saying it won't work, you have to say it will work. By the grace of God, I speak life. I speak life into all this stuff. Go look at your boneyards. Go look at your frameworks and say, do it. Read the next verse, verse 12. Verse 11. Then he said to me, Sound like generations? We're not enough day in the hours of the day to counsel everybody. You never said that to me. You have the most loving pastor of anybody I've ever met. Y'all better take good care of him. There's probably 50 churches like to have in Atlanta to come and do something. 
read the next verse. Now it gets better now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all acting like you're ordering a burger at Water King. What a burger. Water King? Maybe we should open a chain of restaurants on Water King. I don't know. Look, guys. Well, anybody here got some dreams and ideas and stuff that's been put in a grave in your mind? Do you think that Ezekiel was saying this? Well, Lord, we open the graves, Lord. Oh, Jesus, in your name, Lord. He's already seen... So new come, flesh come. He just sees them clanking around with no direction. He needs breath to move and make it happen. Some of you have seen God work in your life. Anybody want to say an amen? Some of you have seen miracles and signs and wonders and God turning around. Now say it. Let's say it. When we get to that part where it says, open your grave. Could somebody in here follow Zane and do that? Oh, thank you, ma'am. Ready? Let's go. Therefore prophesy and say to them, that says the Lord God, Behold, all my people, open! Who's saying this? Who's saying it up there? Is it you saying it? No! You're being the instrument that Almighty God is saying, I will open your graves and give you some victories above all things. Go to verse 13. Say, Lord, I need some graves opened up. Look at verse 14. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I've spoken. All right, here we're going to go. Here we're going to go. No, 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 no. But we're going to personalize the Scripture. We're going to make the Scripture liar. Everywhere it says, I, I want you to say, you, come on, point it to heavens, you will put your spirit in me, and I shall live. And you will place in my own house, in my own land, and I will know that you, Lord, have spoken it and prospered me. 
So just before we get to kicking here a little bit, let me show you something. Go to John 20, 22. Back in Genesis 2 and 7. And we're not going to go there. The Lord had him laying there. The Lord God just made that, made that body. He just lay in there. Can you just lay it there? Just lay it there. The spooky music, you know. Just lay it all there. The twilight is here. Nothing's happening. And in Genesis 2 and 7, he breathed the breath of Now, what's in your blood? What else is in your blood? How does a cop check your blood when you've had too much alcohol drink? He says what? Oh, some of y'all hadn't been arrested. Some of y'all just lying. Listen, he don't say none of that. He says this, blow. Blow in here, boy. And you go. And he said, no, harder and hold it. You're drunk, my boy. Put your hand behind you. I wish the Holy Spirit would arrest some of us and get our tongue to blowing and speaking in the right direction, creating some things. The DNA of God needs to come into the framework of your problems and rejuvenate the blood source. And that which was just oxygenated by His Holy Spirit See, we're oxygenating our own thoughts. If I could do this, if I could do that, we don't need that. What we need is a deoxygenation of our own thoughts and an oxygenation of His thoughts. Would you stand across the building? John 20 and 22. I don't want us to just shout for the sake of shouting. In fact, I would like for us just to say this one kind of quietly. Here's Jesus. Now look at the picture. He's looking at 12 guys and a few others straggling around. And he's wondering, are they going to make it? Because remember, he was 100% man and 100% God. And the difference between them and him was he was begotten of the Holy Spirit. And what was coming out of his mouth was oxygenated, not by him, but by the Holy Spirit. So he said to them, I'd like for you to close your eyes right now. Just breathe in and say in your mind, breathe on me, Lord. And breathe out. We don't see the fantastic day of Pentecost there. We don't see people seeing them as they were drunk. We don't see any of that. All we see, Brother Shake, is him saying, receive ye. Would you say, I receive the Holy Spirit? Would you open your arms right now and ask Him to breathe on me? You know that last song that girl was doing? Can we do that? You can, you can do that or she can do it. I don't care, but I just think that's the way to go today. And you begin to speak life. 
All right, here we go. Somebody say, I receive the Holy Spirit. Now begin to praise Him just a little bit. we got about four or five minutes left in the service today. If this is your first time coming, I believe God has sent me here to make a connection with you. Maybe talk a little crazy just so you can hear in your spirit. Perhaps you had a terrible doctor's report. He said you got, you got months of, of this to go through and you got that and you got the other. My wife suffered that three times and three times without chemotherapy. God healed her miraculously of cancer. I'm here to tell you God is a God that cares about you. But as she sings today, would you receive the Holy Spirit? Just put it in your arms and say, I receive the Holy Spirit.
Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. There's tremendous power in the spoken word. God gave us the ability to speak, to articulate, unique to all other forms of creation in this natural world is our ability to speak. We need to speak blessings. We need to speak words that are aligned with the Word of God. Amen? We don't need to curse ourselves or curse our children or speak ill of our future. Speak blessings. In the boneyard of your life, what dreams that are there that God has given you that you have let die, begin to speak the will of God to them. You will breathe. Amen. The story's not over. Amen. I'm overcoming. I'm passing over. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for your word, your encouraging word that we've received here today, Lord, that will help us to go over the fences and boundaries that life has tried to set up for us, that we could do your will beyond the limits of man. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Greg. What a blessing. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask them to sing that again, but before I do, I want to speak a blessing over you and then invite you to, to encourage one another. If you want to find a place to pray, you can. Otherwise, have a blessed day and a victorious life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May Yahweh himself cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God Almighty lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom peace that passes understanding. Peace that's not based upon compromising with your enemy, but peace that's based upon victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Lord.